The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this talk show or other talk shows broadcasting on KUCI, log on to our website at KUCI.org or check out the latest program guide. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine and KUCI.org on the web. Welcome to Privacy Piracy. I'm Lloyd. I'm the show's engineer, and your host is Mari Frank. Mari's a local attorney and certified information privacy professional. She's the author of several books, including Safeguard Your Identity, From Victim to Victor, and The Complete Idiot's Guide to Recovering from Identity Theft. She's testified many times in Congress and the California Legislature on privacy and identity theft issues. And you may have seen her on Dateline, 48 Hours, CNN, NBC, ABC, O'Reilly Factor, and many other shows, including her own 90-minute PBS television special, Protecting Yourself in the Information Age. To learn more about this radio show and our great guests, please visit KUCI.org slash privacypiracy. Hey, Mari, what's our show about today? Well, Lloyd, today our show is about taxes and privacy and b- the Taxpayer Bill of Rights. So it, this is I'm really excited to have our old friend Robert Wood with us. He's been on the show before. I read all of his articles in the Daily Journal. He always has something important and enlightening to say about taxes. And I guess if you say enlightening about taxes, but... <laughs> It's something we all have to deal with. So let me tell you a little bit about him if you haven't heard the shows with him before. Robert Wood is one, considered one of the leading tax lawyers in the United States. He is with his firm of Wood LLP, and that's woodllp.com if you want to learn more about him. And, of course, you can learn more about him at KUCI.org slash privacypiracy where you see his picture of his handsome face. And you can uh, link to his website and find out more about his bio there as well. Anyway, he has a nationwide tax practice, and his expertise is really wide-ranging, but he's particularly an expert on advising on tax aspects of litigation recoveries. And he's a published authority and active speaker, and he's written more than 30 books, including volumes on the taxation of damage awards and the use of qualified settlement funds and other published articles. And he contributes regular tax columns to Forbes magazine, tax notes, and other publications. So we're just thrilled to have him join us again. Hey, Rob, thanks so much for joining us from beautiful Northern California. Thanks for having me. It's good to be here again. Yeah. So let's start out. We have, you know, we're on the campus of the University of California, Irvine, and people, you know, all these students are going to be paying taxes if they haven't yet and they have to deal with those many things plus we have lots of businesses driving by so we're all really involved in taxes let's talk about the uh the taxpayers bill of rights and what's guaranteed can we go through each of them yeah yeah uh, sure i think uh i think it it comes at a kind of a funny time um not funny haha but funny strange the irs has of course been lambasted over the course of the last year and a half or so about uh, so-called political targeting. Um, And whether there was any of that or not is still being debated. Um, Obviously, some conservative groups say that there was, and uh, many Democrats say that there wasn't, and there are uh, allegations about lost emails and computer crashes and this kind of thing. So, 
the IRS has, has not fared well in all of this. Um, no matter what your view is on it, it is uh, the, the tax system is essential for the government. It's obviously how the government uh, is able to pay for, for things. Um, and as Mari, as you said, everyone has to pay taxes on some level, and it uh, can be a rude awakening for students to start becoming regular old taxpayers and paying taxes every year. Um, but uh, the Taxpayer Bill of Rights came out uh, in 2014 as an administrative announcement from the IRS, uh, and it lists the following. Let me go through them quickly, and then um, I'm sure that uh, we can talk about each one. Uh, the right to be informed, number one. Number two, the right to quality service. Lots of debates about that one. Number three, the right to pay no more than the correct amount of tax. We'll come back to that one. Number four, the right to challenge the IRS position and to be heard. Yep. Number five, the right to appeal an IRS decision in an independent forum. Number six, the right to finality. Number seven, the right to privacy. It's a favorite of yours, Mari. Yeah. Number eight, the right to confidentiality. Another biggie with you, I know. Yeah. Number nine, the right to retain representation. And number ten, the right to a fair and just tax system. All right. Where would you, where would you like to start? Well, why don't we start? You know, even at the top. You know, and what does it mean to be informed? So. Well, so uh, the, the, uh, a lot of people may not realize it, but the vast majority of our tax system is still based on self-assessment. And, and, of course, that means filling out a tax return. You fill it out, you list your income, you list your deductions, you uh, have to sign these things under penalties of perjury, so it's not something to take lightly. Um, and then you send in money. Of course, the IRS likes it, um, and so does the the state, the California Franchise Tax Board, the sort of state equivalent of the IRS, they like it when uh, you're an employee and you get uh, money taken out of your wages so that you don't have much discretion. You still have to file a tax return, but obviously that's good for the tax system in the sense that it is, you know, the payment is more immediate coming directly from the employer. Right. Uh, but being informed simply means once you file that tax return, um, they're going to send you notices. If they're changing your taxes, they have to send you a notice. Um, as you might know, um, and Mari, I think you and I have talked about this before, if you have any interaction with the IRS, it's likely to be in multiple copies, many notices, and um, you know sometimes it may seem like they're you know, not environmentally savvy because they're spending so much on, you know, on paper and sending you multiple copies of the same thing. Uh, but basically, there are, uh, it, it is important that you get a chance to know what's going on and to have an interaction with them if they're doing something that you disagree with. Yeah, and you had said how important it was that they will never get an email <laughs> From from the IRS, so so that would obviously be a fraudulent email. So that's yeah, that's, yeah, that's an important yeah. thing you've told me before. Yeah, thanks for mentioning that, and that ties into a couple of the other rights about uh, privacy and confidentiality. You you don't get, as Mari, as you just said, you don't get email from the IRS, and if you do, it's not really the IRS. Um, so don't answer, don't give them your social, don't give them your password, whatever it is they're asking for, it's it's not really the IRS if they're emailing. Right, right. Now, you may get a phone call 
Um, that that one you have to be careful on. And I, I don't I don't know if I ever told you this story, Rob, but <clears throat> one time I got a phone call and they said they were from the IRS. And of course I was very skeptical. You know, I just said. What's your name? What's your number? You know, your employee number? What's your this? What's your that? And I said, you know what? I'm going to call the number I know for the IRS to see if it's really you. And I I wasn't nasty because I figured I better not be nasty with the IRS. But, you know, I was pretty assertive about it. I said, look, I've been a victim of fraud. I teach this stuff, so I can't talk to you. Um, Because she did, the woman did ask me my social, and I wasn't about to give it to her. So sure enough, I called back the number I knew. I did find out that she was real. And what I had done, believe it or not, is I had put my phone number, (laughs) a part of my phone number down as my social. I don't know what was the matter with me. And... And, and she was right that I made a mistake, and she found the discrepancy. It was similar to um, one of my phone numbers started out similar to my social. And so I ended up just absentmindedly doing that. So it was true, but um, but I didn't believe it. But if they do call you, do what I did. Find out, you know, check it out first. So it was, it was my faux pas, but I laughed at it, and the woman actually laughed at it, too. She was pretty nice. She goes, I don't blame you. So <laughs> yeah, but but actually, and what you did is exactly right. And and of course, some listeners may know that recently, I mean, within the last few months, uh, there has been a spate of um, these kinds of incidents of scammers. I, right. I've actually had it happen to clients. Really, you know, recently within the last few weeks, who who are saying, "Hey, mm-hmm. I thought you were representing me." The IRS just called me. Is that normal? And we have checked it out, and it has been fraudsters. Oh. So the, absolutely. The, I mean, you, you can, and, and people sometimes do, put their phone number on their tax return, and they may ask you to do that. You don't have to, obviously, and uh, it, you know, it may or may not be a good idea. Um, but um, I guess it, I guess it depends on how yeah. how much yeah how much you want to hear from from them, but. Definitely uh, don't just answer without checking them out. Perfectly appropriate yes. uh, and wise to say, let me call you back and get your name and your ID number, your badge number, and right. that kind of thing. Right, right. I mean, you know, because there have been times that I've gotten calls that were fraudulent, so you have to be careful. And, and now I don't know if you've seen this too, but even when you talk about getting a letter from the IRS, you need to really be careful before you give too much to them, even that verify that that letter is even not fraudulent. Because now that's that's another thing. Pe- they're starting to use the mail to send you fraudulent things, and it could yep. come from the IRS. So, unfortunately, you have to verify, verify, verify. That's just the bottom line. Yep. But that's good. So you get to be informed. The other thing I was thinking about that didn't used to happen before the Internet is the IRS has a great website. So you can look up. You don't have to be. um, I mean, you can look up the code section that they're saying to you about. You know, you can look it up yourself and, of course, get a lawyer to help you. But at least you have some idea what they're talking about, that you can look up issues um, in the code and, and yourself. And it's right online. So that's kind of nice. Yeah, I mean, and I would, I think, Amari, that's a good point. I mean, we live in an information age, and uh, things are accessible, um, the IRS website and many others. I'm often asked um, if the IRS has any way of tracking people, and, for example, if you are looking up on the IRS website, which, by the way, as you say, is very good, um, if you're looking up about foreign bank accounts, 
uh, <laughs> is the IRS able to track that and then come and arrest you because you have undisclosed foreign accounts or something? <laughs> and and I think, yeah, I mean, it, it's not but, a silly question. But no, it's my, not. You no, know, but my answer is no. They don't have a way of tracking you. They don't. They don't do that. And I mean, it's you know, getting more information is almost always uh, good. So. If you have a foreign bank account or some other tax problem you haven't filed or something, take a look at the IRS website, contact a, a tax lawyer or an accountant, and and uh, and get some information. Yeah, they I, should probably yeah they should probably read the privacy notice um, yep. on the on the IRS you know tax uh, you know website. But you know, yep. I I really kind of don't blame them for asking. I would be a little worried anyway because I think there are ways. You know, there's cookies that can be tracked. There's different things that they can track you. But um, but if you're just looking something up for research or whatever, but you know, I think uh, it's 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 a good question that they ask you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, it is. Uh, I think a, a couple of the rights that I want to, to mention, because I think they go hand in hand. Okay. Rights number three and four. Uh, and, and by the way, I, I mean, the whole Taxpayer Bill of Rights uh, was a, has been a controversial subject uh, as a tax lawyer for 35 years now. I, I've seen a lot of pendulum swings. Yeah. The IRS sometimes gets its... Uh, you know, sort of gets ends up with its tail between its legs because Congress will, um, you know, be outraged that the IRS is taking very strong-arm collection tactics, for example. And in 1998, I remember there were a couple of big pieces of legislation passed to really cut back on the IRS ability to do things and to expand taxpayer rights. And so right now, it's a little of that going on, but this Taxpayer Bill of Rights was not legislative. It was just the IRS um, are arguably trying to sort of make nice and say, look, we are trying to, um, you know, be respectful and, you know, we're going to list these things and we're going to try to abide by them. Right. But, but two of them, numbers three and four, three is the right to pay no more than the correct amount of tax, and right. four is the right to challenge the IRS position and be heard. So even though I said that a tax system is mostly about self-assessment, everybody fills out a tax return, businesses too, um, we also know that we are that we may get audited, and um, even what is an audit can be uh, debated. I guess it right. might simply be a notice saying we looked at this, we think you owe X, not Y. You know, please pay it or please explain if you disagree. Right. Or it might be something uh, where you're asked to bring your documents uh, right. and meet with them. But whatever it is. You do have the right to know what's going on and to challenge uh, the position. And here, I would say uh, you, it's really important that you read what they're telling you and that you respond. Um, if you can't respond within the time period allotted, if it says get back to us in 30 days, don't just fail to respond. Um, again, if, and if you can't do this yourself, hire somebody to help you. Uh, but the worst, in my, in my opinion, about the worst mistake you can make is to simply ignore these things. You've got to walk through the procedural steps to protect yourself. Yeah, and you know, Rob, I, I think you'd be crazy to ever go in by yourself. And I, I told you, um, you know, we've talked about this before. Either go with an, an accountant who understands, you know, the accounting practices and the code or if it's really something big, you got to get somebody like Rob to go with you. You just don't go in there and get eaten alive. 
you don't have the credibility yourself. Even if you look at the code, even if you study it, you really don't know all the nuances. So I had uh, told you before about how I got audited when my ex-husband married an IRS agent and I got audited three years in a row. And, um, and, and it, you know, that was just insane. Um, but it, long story short, I didn't have any change and after the first year, and I didn't have any change after the second year. But it was costly for me. I mean, I had to go in, and I had to show things, and I did, was afraid to go by myself, even though I'm a lawyer, you know, and even though I can read the tax code, I would not go by myself. I, I knew it would be crazy, so I went with my CPA. And I didn't have any change, and she knew the people who were auditing. You know, it's a good old boys network too. At these, <laughs> when you're getting audited, they, you know, I'm sure you know a lot of the people at the IRS, and you know the the protocol. So, you know, I mean, yeah. if I had a big problem, I would just call you to come down and help me, Rob, because I wouldn't do it myself. I just would not, and I would suggest no one else do it. And I never had any change, and I did um, end up. Just for those who are listening, I did end up uh, notifying the the IRS and doing a Freedom of Information Act request and telling them that I shouldn't be audited the third year in a row when I had no change for the first two. And um, and then his uh, his wife was no longer working at the IRS. So <laughs> and I didn't get audited again. And I feel like I'm kind of yeah. safe because of what happened. I mean, yeah. I, I always report everything anyway, and my accountant is really very, very good. But um, but I I don't think I'm, you know, they'd be on a fishing expedition now unless, uh, you know, he marries another IRS agent <laughs> or something. <laughs> yeah, that's almost too horrible to think about. Um, you, you know, but you, you a couple of points that you made that are, uh, I think, really important, um, you know, is... is and right number nine in the list that I read uh, in the Taxpayer Bill of Rights is the right to retain representation. Yes. And, and not only is that wise, but, I mean, and it's, it doesn't mean that you, um, it doesn't, it doesn't, it's not an admission of anything. And this is one that I, a question I commonly get, which is someone says, well, look, um, don't you think that it will look funny if I don't personally do it? It will look like I'm I'm guilty, or that I made, you know, that I have something to hide if I send my um, accountant or my tax lawyer to deal with the IRS. Right. And in my, I mean, part I suppose this is what I do. So may, maybe it would um, be strange if I said uh, anything other than this. <laughs> my my real life experience is that um, is that the IRS, um, even in small matters. Really, they're used to dealing with representatives, and I don't think I've ever heard a serious suggestion that the IRS will somehow think badly of you or, you know, sort of root for more information if you don't deal with it. I mean, obviously, uh, part of the, and I think this is, if you ask criminal lawyers, uh, you know, what should should the, uh, a criminal defendant or a possible criminal defendant who's just being asked questions you know, answer questions from the from law enforcement officers. Right, right. I think criminal lawyers will tell you never, never. You I would. You know, you don't do it. So right. And yeah. and I'm so, not. I mean, and be, be careful. Yeah, and you know, I'm not a tax attorney, and I'm not a criminal lawyer. But I just know you when you're going into some forum that you're not familiar with, you need help. 
And yeah. and so, um, yeah, I don't think it makes you look bad at all. And I think, you know, you go with them. I think it's important, you know, that if there's a phone call between your attorney and, and the IRS, that's something different. But, you know, otherwise, if you're going in to, to be audit, go with them, you know, and, and show them you're a human being and be nice and, you know, be, uh, you know, I mean, I got, I, I mean, I know how to be nice. I'm, I try to be nice to everybody anyway. But I remember my CPA just said, look, even though at the end, you know, we figured out and showed them that really I overpaid. But she goes, you know what? Let it be. <laughs> don't, don't even ask yep. for your money back. You know, she said, just be nice about it and say, see, I overpaid and just be good about it. And so there's something to, I mean, they're human beings too. So you yep. want to be really nice. And... You know, people who are do this for a living, like you and, and CPAs, you know, you know how to deal with them. And it's important that you have somebody in your corner who knows what they're doing. Yeah, no, so, it is. The, the, another a couple of rights. Uh, one is uh, the, the right number four, the right to challenge the IRS position to be heard. And it, it does tie in also to the, the the next one, which is the number five, the right to appeal an IRS decision in an independent forum. And I think we, we don't certainly don't have time in this um, uh, broadcast to, to talk about um, all of the procedural nuances in the tax law. I mean, substantively and procedurally. I mean, our tax law is is the most complicated in the United, in, in the world. I mean, yeah. by far, it's a complex system, and you know, the, there are lots of different levels uh, of the IRS and lots of different ways that you may be able to resolve a dispute. Uh, and each of those ways um, has, a, you know, has a sort of set of procedures. So, so there are various kinds of notices, and going back to the right to be informed, if you get a notice that comes by certified mail... Um, then it's a pretty serious one. And there are a few things. That one of the big ones is a notice of deficiency, and that is something that the only way that you can respond to it and keep your rights alive is by filing a petition with the U.S. Tax Court. And So if any listeners have gotten one of those, that's something you really should see a tax lawyer about. It, it doesn't mean that you have, to, you have to go to trial or anything like that, but it means that you need to file something with the tax court uh, which is actually you can do on your own without a lawyer too, um, but it's it's you need to do that to protect your rights, and then after that you should be able to engage in uh, a discussion with the IRS. And you know you'd been telling me before about how that forum really isn't neutral. It isn't like going to a regular judge that is going to hear both sides. I mean, it's kind of an inside court, right? So kind of explain that so they understand. Sure, and 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 actually, the the tax court is is an independent. Uh, I think there is a widespread view, uh, as you just expressed, that um, that it is not that it the deck may be stacked a little in favor of the IRS, but it, but it is independent. And I actually do think that tax court judges are are fair, and it's a specialty court. So it uh, you know there are no jury trials. There's no jury. It's um, it is uh, you know kind of a truncated procedure, really, uh, in most tax court cases never go to trial. I think, though, what you're, what you're thinking of probably, and I know I have said, 
about is the IRS appeals division. Yeah, yeah, that's and, I'm and sorry. That, You're right. Yeah, yeah, and that, and that's a step short of tax court. Right. Although it, it, it's easy to get confused because sometimes you file in tax court and then you go to appeals in, in cases where the notice of deficiency has been issued before an appeal. But the appeals division of the IRS is the IRS calls it independent and it's an independent unit of the IRS, but it is nevertheless the IRS. And even though I, I guess I have a love-hate relationship with the appeals division, I mean, it really is a good place to try to resolve cases. The deck is clearly stacked against you because the IRS is uh, basically on both sides of the table. They're sort of acting as the sort right. of intermediary, uh, and the audit staff is, is also there or represented there. So, uh, but, but it is a good place, notwithstanding my um, you know, reservations about it. It's, it's a good place. It's where... I think some people say 90% of all tax cases get resolved there. So it's after you're done with the audit. And, and I guess one key thing about that is if you get to the end of an audit, uh, whether you're representing yourself or have a representative, and it's getting written up, you know, don't think that you've lost. You've lost the audit stage, but the auditors typically don't have much discretion anyway. So you very frequently then go to this appeals, sort of this mediation-type format, where hopefully you can get it resolved. Yeah. So, like in the audits, the the two audits that I went through, it never went beyond those audits. I mean, they said they were satisfied. So that can happen too, right? I mean, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I didn't owe any more. They just, it was just like a, to me, it felt like a fishing expedition and lots of questions, and I answered them. I mean, one of the stupid questions was, why did you pay 5000 in malpractice insurance? Isn't that a lot? Well, that was before I was mediating. I was still litigating, and I really thought that wasn't that high. (laughs) I'm sure yours is probably higher in the tax realm, but... um, but yeah, I mean that was a, such seemed like such a stupid question. Why are you paying that? I go, well, I, I don't want to get sued, and if I do, I want to get protect. I want to be protected, and it was just really some dumb questions. But at you know after uh, three quarters of a day of answering all the questions and showing them all the receipts and all that stuff, they said okay, and that was the end. So I yeah. guess I guess that can happen too, right? It can, but I mean, look at uh, in we going back to the sort of the IRS scandal of the last year and a half, and the you know Tea Party um, groups alleging that they were targeted and right. so on. I mean, there are people who have said, uh, and your experience with uh, you know uh, divorce. Um, I mean, I've heard that kind of thing before. And yeah, there are in in the you know sort of political the the famous uh, kind of revenge like, revenge audit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and. and Anybody who's experiencing or has experienced something like that should certainly investigate. Um, and, and if you are not comfortable trying to tell the IRS, I mean, tell somebody, get some advice. Uh, one uh, resource I should mention, and that ties into uh, the Taxpayer Bill of Rights, is something called the Tax. Um, uh, the um, Gosh, I'm drunk. Oh, yeah, I know what you mean. They're, they're kind of like the ombudsman. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, I know which yeah. exactly so what you Nina, meant. Nina Olson um, is the name of the national taxpayer advocate who's in Washington, D.C. Um, and she is, I mean, she is incredible, I think. Uh, so the, na- the national taxpayer advocate, and she now, or it, that office now has offices spread around the United States. And 
I mean, listen, they're not like private uh, lawyers who are going to, you know, uh, chase people for you or really, uh, you know, beat up on the IRS. They are literally still part of the IRS, the National Taxpayer Advocate Service. But, you know, again, with those reservations, they do, um, led by Nina Olson, they do a great job of trying to help people. So you go to them with a snafu, and they assign someone, and they try to help you through it, and, and it's at no charge. So, um, and, and that would be a perfect place if you think you've been targeted or you've been audited multiple times or something. Definitely get some advice because that shouldn't be happening. Right, right. And they even have, and we don't, we're just about out of time, but I think we should also mention that they even have a fraud division identity theft because there's so much identity theft with, with um, IRS returns and frauds that they even have an identity theft division now that you can call. Yeah, no, yeah good point. I mean, that's important. And, and of course, uh, we should also say most people now, I mean, everything's electronic. Most people now are filing electronically, and that's great. I mean, I can tell you the IRS loves it. Uh, gives them better access to information and, you know, more quick access to things and more quick to payments and so on. But um, be careful. Make yeah, sure and I don't do that. But we are out yeah. of time. Rob, we got to have you back again. You're just so wonderful. It's always such a treat to speak to you, and uh, we will just have to go right now. So just give your website, and it's time to go. Thanks. It's a pleasure anytime. And the website address is uh, Wood llp.com so www.woodllp.com there's lots of articles there people might find interesting and thanks thanks for having me Mari okay talk to you again soon bye bye take care Rob you've been listening to KUCI 88.9 FM and Irvine and KUCI.org on the net I'm Mari Frank join us every Monday morning at 8 a.m. right here on KUCI and visit our website at KUCI.org slash privacy piracy thanks stay private the opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents.